Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello once more and thanks for listening to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. This is Adam of Monkey Tennis here. Just to remind you one last time that Stephen Mangan is going to be our very special guest on the London leg of our Mid-Evening Matters tour. He'll be joining us live on stage at King's Place on Sunday the 9th of September to talk all about his time as Dan Moody in I'm Alan Partridge. Uh, maybe even sharing some wild Partridge theories, giving us some insight into what happens on set, if he can remember. It was some time ago. Uh, and probably also touch on some of his other roles in episodes Green Wing and beyond. So uh, pick up your tickets at monkeytennispod.com and here is a little more chat from me and the Monkey Tennis guys about that very tour. Hello friends and listeners, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, and everyone else from Monkey Tennis. <laughs> yeah, we are also here, thanks for that. Uh, we're recording this, the background noise is because we're here live at Comic-Con, about to do the episode that you'll be hearing shortly, all about Welcome to the Places of My Life. But before we get going, we also wanted to tell you all about the uh, Mid-Evening Matters Tour, which will be going on this September. Tom Stab, where does the tour begin? Oh, I'll tell you Adam. It starts on the 7th of September in Bristol, home of Adam Brooks, so uh, I think we were expecting a, a big turnout for that a lot, one. A lot of fans of Adam turning up there, I'd expect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, so that's, uh, that's the 7th of September. That's Friday. Friday, Friday yep, September. at the Wardrobe Theatre. Nick, where are we heading to next? Uh, afterwards, we will go uh, to... He's Man- struggling, he's struggling. <laughs> Manchester. Manchester. Manchester on Saturday the 8th. 
at the is it the Lowry Theatre? It is the Lowry Theatre. That Theater. is correct. Yes. So he's got all the key information. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all there. He's, it's he's, all there. Be, he's very sure. Bring it home, Tom Dark. Okay, don't worry, guys. I got this. Uh, and then our third and final stop on the Mid Evening Matters tour. Did I say it was on the Saturday? That's Manchester you, on Saturday. Yeah, we covered that. Yeah, yeah, that's all fine. Any any other questions? Uh, no. Okay, good. So yeah, our third stop on the tour. I mean, we've got to get a tour. It's three things. Uh, we'll be London. Uh, London's famous London. Uh, we'll be at King's Place on Sunday, the 9th of September. Uh, full details and tickets are available from monkeytennispod.com. We're going to be covering mid e- uh, mid evening matters. We're going to be covering mid morning matters series two. Uh, it will be uh, even more fun if you manage to watch the episodes beforehand. But if not, just come on down for a celebration of all things Alan. Oh yeah, that does include me. I've still only watched it once, and that was quite a few years ago. So I need to rewatch it. So Pro- probably us. more than Nick has seen it, yeah. I wouldn't worry. No, no, I'm a genuine expert in this series. <laughs> okay, so this is the one thing you have watched out of everything we've yeah. recorded. So join us for a well-researched and prepared night out <laughs> mid-evening matters tour. But right now, on to today's episode, which, as we said, is recorded live at Comic-Con in London, covering all things to do with Welcome to the Places of My Life. Here we go, on VT. Monkey tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turgid. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. So here we are at Comic-Con London. It's Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, and we have a very special episode to record all about Welcome to the Places of My Life. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Many people when underwater pretend to be in space. Nick Holder. My watch is waterproof. And Tom Stab. Flying AIDS. <laughs> so. There it is. Uh, welcome to the Places of My Life. Uh, Tom Ta- Dark is going to start us off with some stats. Yes, let's set the scene behind this Alan special this first broadcast on Sky Atlantic on the 25th of June 2012 um, so if you want to know where that is in the Alan timeline in the, oh, I do. In the Partraverse um, so in 2011 you have Mid-Morning Matters Series 1 and the iPartridge book so this follows that so in 2012 you have Places of My Life and Open Books 2013 was the Alpha Papa movie 2016 was Mid-Morning Matters Series 2 and Scissors Isle so he's comfortably in place at North Norfolk Digital yeah. uh, at this point, isn't he? Uh, relatively content, relatively happy, he seems, in, in life in general. In, yeah, overall, uh, overall. But put it this way, he's landed a, uh, a job at North Norfolk Digital that he's had for a couple of years by this point. I think so he should be grateful for yeah, the pain so, <laughs> so to an extent, he has bounced back. Uh, one thing I, I like briefly, just on, on the uh, IMDb description of this programme, is they say, uh, welcome to the places of my life. Alan Partridge attempts a celebrity travelogue around his beloved Norwich. Attempts! I have. If you're at the point that you, you, you can't you can't even successfully go around Norwich, then you, you've got problems, haven't you? <laughs> Should I have you successfully been around Norwich? <laughs> you've also bounced back. Shall I give you the viewing figures context for this quickly as well? Yes, please. Four hundred and two thousand viewers for this. That's quite high. That's higher than um, mid morning matters. I seem to recall that. You're correct. One hundred thousand mark. Yeah, yeah. So mid morning matters average around one hundred and fifty k. Uh, interestingly, Scissor Isle a couple of years later, that was 530,000. 
Or I'm not true. I wasn't going to even attempt that, and they're quite difficult. Yeah, I, 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 I've phonetically written them down, but I'm still stumbling on the uh, last turn. And we can see on the screen behind us that throughout this programme, he is accompanied by graphics that, quite frankly, are a horrendous match of like streetmap.co.uk yeah. and, and pictures of his car, uh, copyrighted by Pear Tree Infographics. Another wing of the uh, the Partridge brand there. I mean, that's kind of Windows 95 style, isn't it? Yeah. It's not particularly good. Nick, you've always been a fan of Alan's graphics. Uh, are you a fan of this? Massive, massive, massive yeah. fan of that, and the sound, and the sound effects as well. Really good. So we find out that first he's heading towards his place of work, uh, North Norfolk Digital, the North Norfolk's best music mix, and he stumbles very yes. briefly, which yeah. I thought is a nice callback to the fact that he keeps saying Norfolk's, no North Norfolk's, <laughs> yeah. in mid morning matches. Yeah, I like the fact it's, it, he, it's he nearly fumbles. It's so subtle, but yeah, if, you, if you've if you listen to the audiobook, yeah, you know what's going on. Uh, did anyone take a second to unravel uh, the, the bit where he's talking about he's got a 10 minute commute, presuming I don't need to stop for petrol or toilet? Now, <laughs> this works on many levels. One, yes. just saying toilet is funny in and of itself, obviously. Yeah. Um, but also, when you really think about it, there's the implication there that he can't go for a 10 minute car journey without having to stop for a wee, which is uh, incompetent. Again, Alan is very often toilet based. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to mention that a 10 minute drive is probably a walkable distance, but Alan is ne- he's never walking, is he? <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely. And he compares his uh, 10 minute commute to uh, those in London that have long delays and cattle. The, the long delays and cattle truck conditions of London's transport network. So, of, of course, his first point to come to is how it's best than being in London. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, I could appreciate with uh, his views on some of London's uh, transport network and infrastructure, I can attest that sometimes it is shoddy and poor. Um, there's then a sort of elaborate build-up to uh, a, an amazing payoff where he yes. basically gets cut up while he's recording by, yeah. by someone else. Um, he, he's convinced he's in the right, but he can't bring himself to say fuck, so he only says F off. F off. Uh, yeah. And then it, it builds and builds. He, you only see his side of the argument. Yeah, it's, it's an off-camera argument, so yeah, you, yeah. You, you can just see his reaction. You can see where it's going as well. I feel like yeah, I, knew where that, I knew what that joke was going to be. But still funny. But, but, yeah, but then at, at the end, there are two layers to it on, Well, we haven't explained the punchline yet. He pays it off by saying, I mean, she really should be riding a bike at her age. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Not only is it a girl on a bike, but it's like a, a child or a girl or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was yeah. a great gag. That's the first. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm just saying I saw it coming. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're at North Norfolk Digital at this point, are we not? We are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's described as being in Alton Norwich. <laughs> Um, it's funny, so there, are, there are some weird kind of details put on the title cards at, at these points, aren't there? Like the outs and the rich thing. How much difference does that really make? Exactly. Yeah. And in fact, at the very beginning, when his name comes up on the screen for the first time, it's literally only up for the amount of time it takes for him to say it, and then it disappears immediately. <laughs> and very it's constantly a pain to sort of justify it. So he's kind of saying, it might look a bit small. You're thinking, well, no, not really. But he feels like there's this need to defend yeah. it because it's regional radio and yeah. he's not on the BBC. And he, he talk, so when, when we're at uh, the radio station, he talks about how they all luck in together and then you hear him talking to a producer about uh, he, he knows someone who's got a weather sponsorship idea and he's told to go and tell Sally. So you can leave they all luck in together. Everyone has very clearly delineated <laughs> jobs and roles within the company. He also says that the studios are larger than a good quality dentist and can house Tesco <laughs> Express, which is, again, funny as a line in its own right, but it also you can realise from that that Adam judges the quality of a dentist by how big it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Um, he's, he, uh, you mentioned he talks about them all mucking in together. That's one of the reasons he gives for North Norfolk Digital 
being better than their rivals, Orbital Digital. Um, did you know there is actually an Orbital Digital? I did a bit of, a bit of, a bit of research into this. I didn't know. Um, so, it's a support services company based in Essex, run by a man called Ray Santilli, uh, which led on from the Orbital Media Company, uh, which specialises in licensing 50s rock and new age music. Um, I went to their website, and it boasts that they had a PR guru called Keith Bishop working for them, and their website has a quote saying, Keith can get anything in the press, or keep it out if need be. They go on to say, our customers are at the forefront of downloading, ringtones, newspaper cover mounts, and mail so I immediately <laughs> rushed, I rushed to the download section of their website. Remember, they're at the forefront of download. Yeah. <laughs> that section is coming soon. <laughs> and then there's uh, the final bit on this. There's a marketing and product placement section of the, of the website, which takes product placement so literally it has a picture of a nude woman on a beach with an iPod Touch covering her vagina. That's, that's, that's all digital, ladies and gentlemen. That website is still available. So that's, that's, your, your, that's your excuse for looking at our yeah. yeah. I was doing research. Yeah, it gets worse than that. We're not even oh, on the blogging God. section of this episode yet. Oh, stop it. Don't. <laughs> uh, so, anything else to add on uh, on North Norfolk Digital? A uh, couple of quick bits. That he says Sting described his broadcasting style as conversational, whereas Ross Kemp described his broadcasting style as equidistant between chit-chat and analysis. Uh, I have a quick question. How would you describe Alan's uh, broadcasting style other than shit? <laughs> Well, I will go kind of garbled incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like uh, shoddy at best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, garden centre tannoy announcement. Very good. Yes. Like Adam Wins. Adam Wins. Oh, and also he describes odd unfortunates on buses as looking like a scruffy Christ, and then he looks very pleased with himself for that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Are we off to Riverside Leisure Centre yet? Oh, well, we're, we're on uh, there. We are, but just quickly b- 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 before we get into the detail of that, that um, it, throughout this show there are uh, ad break bumpers, which I think is a technical term for them, where you get these kind of composite photos. So sometimes they're circles, as you can see behind us there, um, or sometimes squares, which kind of show each kind of B- separate VT piece yeah. throughout the show. I've got a discussion point coming on that later, so stay tuned. Wow, what an absolute teaser! That is a teaser. Now are we off to Riverside? Now we're off to Riverside. Now we've fallen foul in the past of claiming places uh, to be real when they're actually fictional, like the Lost Stanton Spider Museum. That was Nick that did that, wasn't it? So on the account, then here he said that Riverside Leisure Centre is a real place in Norwich. Um, I looked it up on Google. It has an okay 3.2 out of 5 star rating from 78 reviews. Um, Solid. And, uh, well, do you think it's a controversial roof? Swooped roof. Swooped roof. I think that is quite controversial, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm shocked. I shocked to the core. I had a little look through the reviews just to see if there are any kind of Alan-esque uh, reviews left on there. And I did read one. I did find one. I'm going to read one out for you now. I might just try and do a little Alan voice as well, see if that goes. <clears throat> Signage next to the pool asking for swimmers to shower before entering the water. However, I have seen numerous swimmers enter the pool without showering. The result, an odour on the water of perfume slash body odour. There is no enforcement action by the poolside slash lifeguards. Why not? Signage alone is not enough. This is a health and safety issue. Two stars. Wow. I'm with it. That's I'm with strongly it. worded. Yeah, yeah. excellent, excellent. Um, he mentions on arriving at Riverside Leisure Centre that his parking space used to be for disabled people, but after lengthy discussions, he got them to rub out the wheelchair. That's uh, similar to the beach. He has a Mid Morning Matters Series 1 about there being too many disabled spots at a popular tourist location. He right? hates disabled people, yeah. hasn't he? He's got a real problem. And also, he's got much far less ground for argument because you can see from the footage that there are only three disabled spots <laughs> in the first place. So, 
Um, he certainly has a diet rich in trucker bars and Olivio, um, which allows him to lead the healthy lifestyle that is not normally uh, available to people of his age. Question, is that a particularly healthy diet? I was going to say, he's also, it's questionable. I'd say he's picked two products that the obvious joke is they're not very healthy, but also I feel like Olivio and trucker bars are things of like yesteryear. No one eats them. Like, and also it's kind of like things that are marketed as being healthy products, but yeah. aren't necessarily. They're certainly yeah, in decline, yeah. aren't they? Well, that, that's exactly it, isn't it? It's, 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 he's brought into the marketing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. exactly. Uh, should we discuss Alan's swimming styles? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, he says in the show that um, he likes to do breaststroke if he's in a good mood, or butterfly uh, if angry, or if he... Um, if I'm angry or if I've let myself down at a social function, so I thought it's a safe bet that butterfly happens most Quite of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He also gives us some stats about children and toi- <laughs> toileting in the pool. He, I don't, know where, again. I don't know where he gets this information from, but apparently four in thirty will piss in the pool, and one in a hundred will go further. <laughs> I love that because he implies that the children are doing it, and they be like, you know, it's yeah. a conscious adult exactly. decision that yeah. I'm, I'm taking. Yeah. Uh, so, question to the group: What's, uh, Has anyone else got had a particularly bad swimming pool experience? or any evidence of uh, these problems that Alan's talking about? Uh, nothing specific. Uh, maybe people not showering. Yeah. I think this is a lovely question. I'll dive straight in. Um, oh, yeah. Mine's oh. probably a tie between uh, when a kid pooed in the pool in Newton Abbott and, and in the act of trying to catch it in a net, they broke it into several pieces that then began to corner people. All um, the time that I got out of a pool in Bristol and had to dodge various puddles of changing room blood like I was in a budget version of Nightmare. Wow. Yeah, true stories. When do you... I won't name the pool because I don't want it closed down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they need to be placed down, quite frankly. Yeah. So there's a lovely transition cut coming up where he tries to remember the last time he had a Veruca and he then has to stress, my watch is waterproof. And swims away. I think that's one of our favourite little quotes. Yeah, yeah. And it is delivered in that kind of classic travelogue style, which because this show is aping, you know, it's the, the whole thing about Welcome to the Face of My Life. He, he's aping kind of a travelogue show. It's a, well, it's a mixture of travelogue, a personal journey documentary, and even a history programme of yeah. places. So that kind of, my watch is waterproof, and then just turn away from the camera and like swimming off yeah. and, and he's made sure the watches we can see it on the screen behind yeah. us he's made sure the watch is so prominent throughout yeah. this whole thing I wondered if maybe he sponsored I was going to say there's a product placement um, comment that he makes towards the end of the show whereas this feels like it is him actually actively endorsing a product in an attempt to get all free yeah um, yes. So, at this point, he, uh, he interviews Annabelle Swanson, does he not? He does. Uh, yeah, yeah, just the, the, only, the only note I have before that was that he does, he does stress that the pool is open to literally anyone, from thin bank managers to plump housewives. Well, yeah, he doesn't seem to... Yeah, it, he kind of appears confused by the concept of the leisure centre, that what, literally anyone can come yeah, here. Yeah, that it's open to it, the public. Yeah, it isn't a stopgap for, for you to use while your private gym's being um, refurbished. Well, he does hate the general public, though. True. It does make sense. So, Annabelle Swanson... Yeah, who's a hydrotherapist, or as Alan corrects her, water doctor, carry on. <laughs> he immediately, he, he asks if she could swim a length underwater, which she kind of confidently says, well, yeah, do we, and I was like, well, yeah, I could do it too. Do we believe it? No. Well, I think that he based on the evidence yeah, coming up, exactly. he struggles to, to tread water for about two minutes. Yeah. Yes. Very obvious question to the group coming up, can you swim a length underwater? Probably not. Oh, not these advanced stage. Yeah, no, I, just, I think I'm sure. I'm gonna. I would oh, say. Go. I would say yes. But basically, only the first length when you go for a swim. After that, 
I'll tell you what, you you find me a time travel gymnasium. Alan jokes that it should be a swim swim. Did you notice that the caption for her name comes up as Annabelle Swim Swam? So the joke here obviously is that he's visibly struggling by the end of asking her the second question, accidentally spits at her, gets angry when she repeats herself and isn't brief enough because he is struggling to stay afloat. Yeah, I made a note that him struggling to stay afloat drilling water, if if everything we're seeing isn't real time at this point, he lasts about a minute before he's struggling. I think I can manage a bit more than a minute. Yeah, I think I could be Alan um, and so he then replaces him asking her the questions as he's basically drowning with with uh, pre-recorded yeah. stuff that he's done later, yeah. um, uh, uh, which is a, a joke that's repeated in Cisadile, which we covered at Comic Con in Manchester, where yeah, he's, he's meets basically the mayor. yeah, so when he meets the mayor, yeah, um, and yeah, I, I did like because obviously the edits are so bad that you can hear his voice in both in both <laughs> yeah. parts of the footage, so you can hear him spluttering whilst he's like saying yeah I'm absolutely fine <laughs> um, and there's, there's a great bit as well where he, he obviously asks her to name some famous patients oh then, yeah but then yeah. edits in a, a shot of him saying oh I've never asked but you but in the background you can even say who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also go, where's the side <laughs> anything else at the pool uh, well, just that in Nomad, there was obviously quite a lengthy bit about him swimming there as well. But yeah, I mean, like we kind of said, I think it's fair to assume he's not the best swimmer. He definitely thinks he's better at it than he is in reality. Yeah. Uh, one thing I liked after this, going back to the ad break bumpers, is that there's a sort of mangle of conversational voices all, all speaking at the same time. Um, and the only phrase I can pick out are, you go careful there, my love, and prostitutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So yeah, we, after this section, there's the ad break bumper, which is with the square. So you've got Top line, he's at the cemetery, he's doing a test drive, he's at the pool. The middle line, he's at the market, he's at the corner shop, he's at City Hall. The bottom line, he's in Theatre Forest, uh, you've got City Hall again, and then he's dancing with a woman in Afro-Caribbean dress. Um, so as you can oh, yeah. see in that corner there, that doesn't make it to the final. No, that does, does not make it. That does not feature in the show at all. Ooh, and I don't know if you guys remember. That also features on the credit sequences of Sizzle Isle. Oh, I knew I'd seen it yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. So I thought this is got. It's quite a good little running gag because I thought maybe that footage is partly the joke is that they're kind of mocking those kind of documentaries where you've got stereotypical reportage of kind of like integrating with like the community, and then also the fact that it's a double gag that. It's basically random footage development that hasn't been used now in two separate documentaries that are three years apart. Excellent, yeah. lovely. Yeah, very yeah, so good. So there's no one else with a partridge Easter egg there, maybe. Yeah, nice. I think so, for the eagle eye amongst us. So are you. Yeah, me. <laughs> so we must move on. He's, uh, he, his next place of his life is at City Hall, where they dole out cash to the needy and the greedy. <laughs> and if you like power, you'll love Norwich City Hall. Oh, so now, the, no, the, the, cap, the caption tells us it's in Norfolk as well, which is, of course, completely obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Norwich, City, Norwich City Hall, uh, only 1.7 stars out of 5 on Google from 74 reviews. Although, wow. on further inspection, I was hoping for actual reviews about the hall itself. No, it's just people slagging off the council. <laughs> okay, so it's the council that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to read any of those out. That's democracy. Budget cuts, they're, they're doing It's hard enough jobs it is. Yeah. Um, I'll let, oh, go on. I was just say not to make it political, which that obviously would, although Alan does make it political yes. by uh, comparing uh, the current Labour administration in the council to the stammering incompetence of King George, who was oh, made famous. 
Yes, in the film <laughs> The King's Speech. Another good. Oh God. The, the crippling inability to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another good example of what I like to call Alan Yes Coogan No, yes. where Alan's yeah. opinions are literally the opposite of Steve Coogan's likely yeah. opinion. Yeah, Alan's yeah. very anti-laboratory, which yeah. is the opposite there's, of yeah. There's another good one coming up a bit later. Um, I checked as well, and much like a day at the allotment, Norwich City Council is mostly Labour with a smattering of Greens and one Liberal Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Theresa, it's a no. <laughs> Um, he talks then about the Lord Mayor and says, it may surprise you to believe that he is a woman. Yeah. Again, trying to be progressive, but only getting about halfway there, isn't he? And he talks about a fair crack of the whip, but then says, not literally, there are three dominatrixes working in the local area, which yeah. I think is a fair assumption. He has used them as such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so knowledgeable. I also, I mean, I, I did a very brief uh, search of uh, Norfolk dominatrix. <laughs> Same. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was research. Guys, it was research. <laughs> <laughs> and what, and what did he find? Are there three? Uh, there's a lot more yeah. than three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what Google described as a top result, I, I would not describe as a top, top result. <laughs> um, he, uh, he then tries to squeeze some drama out, basically out of a motion to extend city centre parking fees yes. past 7pm. Yes. 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 As, we, as we see in I'm Alan Partridge with the pedestrianisation of Norwich uh, city centre, he's staunchly against any measure that inconveniences drivers, isn't he? Yeah, so this was about, there was, in March 2006, proposed to extend city centre parking fees to beyond 7 pm. <laughs> so it, it, I thought this was really brilliantly done, this whole sequence. Yeah. It's basically Alan's attempt to emulate a history show like David Starkey's Monarchy or kind of like mocking the presenting styles of Dan and Peter Snow. Yeah. So it, basically doing an in situ to camera piece. Uh, with a script adding as much drama as possible, but to what is in reality a very dull situation. It's about a very mundane yeah, yeah. kind of dispute, but he's marching through the corridors like it's yeah. war. Gentlemen, do we have a deal? <laughs> <laughs> Norwich awoke the next morning to peace. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did love as well with that bit, but so when he's on the bench kind of saying about Norwich awake in that morning and it fades to a blur, then Alan stands up from the bench here and yeah. goes, is that all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a, a pantry thing. Yeah. You edit it there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't keep that in. Uh, Remember who the director is, though. Yeah. He then claims Hitler had planned to make his victory speech from Norwich City Hall. And I did find two news sites that also claimed this, uh, but they were both posted just a few months before this was broadcast, which is a bit uh, suspicious. Yeah, but, but it does seem, from rudimentary internet research, it does seem to be a widely held rumour that he planned to make a victory speech there, but I don't think there's hard evidence for it. Okay. But I did find a 2005 article from The Telegraph suggesting that uh, Hitler's plan to make uh, a town called Britain Bridnorth, or Bridgenorth, his base. So it's a small market town in Shropshire, which is in the, right in the middle of the UK, so equidistant to everywhere. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, basically the, it's about the, it's particularly about the victory speech with, uh, North, with Norwich City Hall. And I did find Norwich City Hall uh, has a stately 365-foot balcony, the longest in England. It also, ha- it also has an imposing clock tower. The clock tower houses Great George, the largest clock bell in the UK, which also has the deepest tone in East Anglia. You're the largest clock bell in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, the more I learn about Hitler, the more I dislike him. He was mad. <laughs> but it's quite an overused joke, I yeah. think, in Alan, basically underplaying the absolute <laughs> evil of a character. Did, did you think that, so, as Alan's looking out over the market and they play in the, the audio of a Hitler speech, do you think they kind of like crash through the taste barrier here? It's just like, it just felt a bit 
quite wrong, really. I don't think you'd have seen that in a real uh, travel yeah, I didn't quite see how how they were really bringing much comedy out of that bit. It was a yeah, bit Yeah, it's just it's a bit, it feels a bit awkward, doesn't it? But what I didn't like, though... Um, you, Doc's well, giving the Nazi salute. Well, just, just before that, when he's talking about Hitler being mad and he's walking down the stairs, <laughs> he actually slightly slips. Oh, oh, no, 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 I did see that. Yeah, yeah. But, I think but you see, did it? I saw that bit, yeah. So he's that. still outside City Hall, and now he's talking about the uh, sort of the lions around. So the Nazis are looting dogs. Yeah, so um, yeah. yeah, so and what, what's he saying? He's petitioned to the council to change the Nazi lions to give him a thumbs up. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we need right that's now. That's what Norwich needs. Yeah. Double thumbs up. Uh, so yeah. Next up, he's moving on to Norwich Market, but I noticed on the infographic, his next stopping point in Norwich Market is only 50 yards away, but the infographic does imply that he's still drove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so we're at Norwich Market where he now has to interact with people because yeah. apparently they can't but, close the market just for him. But before they even start that, they do a quick recap. So they literally recap what we've seen seconds before. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50 yards away, it's two seconds previous. They recapped him in front of the dogs, repeating a shot of him in front of them. Brilliant. Um, and he says he compares uh, Norwich Market of yesteryear to today, saying where once there were bear suits and quivers, just substitute that for monkey hats and tats. <laughs> Um, and then he talks about 1349 when the plague came to the market, um, and uh, he compares plague to HIV, and basically HIV to, of his day. Yeah, tries to explain it as flying AIDS. Then immediately turns to a butcher behind him and goes, two handfuls of sausage meat, please." That's not a measurement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, also, a member of public does get in the way yeah, of the camera just, shot here, yeah, and yeah. the look on his face—you know—he's absolutely yeah. fuming. But don't don't redo it. Just walk around yeah. and uh, carry on. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have any notes about Alan Smurf? Well, he. Well, then it's stuffed with used bandages and had a sock for a hat. <laughs> he claims he once found a smurf there yeah. full of used bandages and a sock for a hat. I wonder if that is the toy referenced in other partridge where he... Isn't there there's another bit of bandages? Yeah, the toy yeah. bandages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it comes up again with tampons as well. It's... It's a, it's a familiar joke. Uh, and then on camera, he then checks everything he picks up. I, I, really, I really enjoyed this. He's inspecting the goods. So he looks at vacuum cleaner hoses, a stuffed toy dog, a ball of wool. And he's, like, he's got no idea what he's looking for. He's like, I'm just going to these. Yeah. Why? Uh, uh, jumping around a, a little bit, but doesn't he also suggest that HIV was, is transmitted by heavy kissing? Yes, he does. Yes, yeah. he does. <laughs> just, just checking that. Just checking. Uh, he also yeah. goes on to scoff all the free samples. And let's talk about the free samples. Well, if you, as Alan says, if you hold your nerve, you can eat the equivalent of a three-course meal. And then, and then F.A. FA they can do to stop you. Somewhere near where I work, I employ the same strategy as Alan. I will go with that. Is that Whole Foods, uh, yes, and somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> the freebies yeah. are available. You can work your way up the counter, have a little peruse, and then work your way back down again. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. so he has a crack at trying to sell fruit and veg. Um, again, kind of something that's mirrored later in Cisadol when he's working behind the checkout in Tesco. Yes, yeah, so I thought this is a very, very similar piece to that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's having a laugh about whether or not he can do it, and says, Of course I can, it's medial work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard. The local traders don't seem as convinced, but Alan is uh, keen to stress uh, in a VO that he found it very, very easy. I, like, I like, did like the VOs in this, in this part, because I think maybe earlier in the sequence, there, there's a bit of kind of cheesy panpipe music underneath as well, whilst he's walking through the market, really enforcing that attempt at travel optics as well. <laughs> you can tell he gets kind of quite subtly, well not that subtly, undercut by the people that work there, as, yeah. as not being up to the job, but he knows he's going to get revenge in the edit. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah, says yeah. things like, when I, yes. had, when I had a go at the thing he'd been doing for the last 25 years, it was one of the easiest things I'd ever done in my life. <laughs> Although I did know that he also calls someone sugar tits while he's yeah. doing it. Oh yeah, that's brilliant because then, then he looks and the look on his face is like he knows he's gone too 
always trying out something new. He's like, oh, that really didn't work very well. He also used, he used uh, Alan's less fortunate voice when he says, I was particularly good at shifting bananas, some of which were manky. <laughs> uh, and did you know, uh, so Mike, the trader, says to himself, be yourself, actually, don't be yourself. Yeah. So that's yeah. great, because obviously they're all just taking piss out of yeah. But what's quite interesting about that, that would imply that he is a bit of a local celebrity, like people do actually know who he is and know what he's like. He's infamous, but not known, not good, famous. Good yeah, but I think he'll, he'll take that either way. Oh, people yeah. do actually know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Or they might have just been in his company for about ten minutes and realised... It could also be that. <laughs> Alan's biggest act of revenge against Mike, now that he's sort of turned against him, is uh, in the edit where he basically yeah. slows down the footage to black and white documentary footage, starts implying that there's something wrong with like him. Like he's some kind of serial killer or yeah. something yeah. really weird like that. Uh, blames his inability to understand apostrophes and implies that he'd be selling knock-off Teletubbies stuffed with old tampons. <laughs> <laughs> and did, did we say, yeah, he does literally say, go care for their now one, and exactly the same as in the Tesco. Very so much so. Words, yeah. um, so then he goes into the news agents. They have a huge amount to contribute here. It's a very short scene. It um, is, and not that great, I feel. Uh, I think it's fine. I mean, all I was going to say is, uh, you obviously get the joke here about, you know, the difference between Alan and Steve. Um, when uh, he goes to buy a, a, a copy of a newspaper and the guy says, oh, you know, you get a free bottle of water with The Guardian. He says, yeah, but you also get The Guardian. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. That exactly. sounds very much like a joke he's learned from someone else. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, Come on. yeah, yeah. And the news agent, um, Atif, uh, seemed like a bit of a one-way dialogue between Alan uh, and Atif, but could this be a new Michael? That's exactly what I was thinking. Ooh, I think he's Michael. trying to find himself yeah. a Michael replacement. Great theory. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, you can see He's stood there kind of blabbering away and his yeah. isn't listening. Just he's, not trying, yeah. he's trying to find some kind of shop worker that he can hang out with during the day. He's perching in his usual spot like the wooden the marriage, isn't he? He's defaulted to the familiar. Yes. What he knows. Yes. Uh, but Atif is not interested. No. Oh, so like, <laughs> so like, the Atif is listening to the CEO of Newsweek. <laughs> he also uses his chats with Atif as a sort of metaphor for national race relations. Yes. But then that loses its way when he claims the only issues are occasional overcharging for snacks and gum. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, he calls it Muslimic Christian relations. <laughs> yes, um, so, I mean, he's around halfway through the show because he says, I'm halfway through my Norfolk Odyssey, but if you've just joined us, it'll still make sense. Yeah. Something he keeps stressing as we yeah, go on. Yeah, again, that's a, that's a great... Kind of mocking of the TV trope, trope of like the language of the TV recap for, again like seeing the dogs repeated outside City Hall like two seconds later it's like basically don't worry if you have a tune in from the start yeah. don't turn off we need those viewing figures so right. we, should we go for a test drive yeah. one of two yeah. <laughs> quickly in the, the ad bump that preceded this he was now pointing and arguing with the woman in the Afro-Caribbean dress oh, so you follow yeah. this there is a bit of a narrative that goes through oh, I like that um, so, I mean, this is the point where the premise of the show gets really stretched. He's supposed to be showing us the important places of his life, but apparently now that constitutes six different car dealerships. And I realise that what we're watching is basically televised errands, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just him doing what he wants to do, and if you're filming, so be it. I mean, I think yes, but then also, like... Genuinely, this is a big part of Alan's life, is just like driving cars, and you know, obviously. It's entertaining for him, yeah. not the audience. Yes, so yeah. I think this probably is a point where he probably does this most days, he doesn't have anything else to do. I or, also, or maybe uh, uh, Steve wants to test drive the new well, there's drive. Also, there's there's also an we know who is a big car fan. Alan is driving at the beginning of the show, we see him driving a, uh, a Vauxhall. I'm not convinced on Alan's North Norfolk digital uh, salary that he can even afford a Range Rover. Um, I, I will tell you as well, just because we like to check on the value of all of Alan's cars, that that, uh, that 
car he's driving at the start via We Buy Any Car is has a value of £1,750 <laughs> yeah. today. My point has been proven. There you go. <laughs> um, he, again, like, like we know, well, I, I feels very cool in this bit that he gets very irked by the driving instructor's superior knowledge of different rovers. There's a lot of chat clash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was fascinated that being places of my life and then I think he mentions 20 car dealerships so it's not even like there's one it's yeah. just whatever one he can get a booking with basically yeah. yeah and this is classic Alan really someone knows more about him on a subject and he doesn't like it and tries to kind of talk over him and just basically try and show that he knows more when in fact he knows next to nothing yeah, yeah. yeah. by the end the voiceover reveals he was very much in the wrong or as Alan puts it effectively we were both right yeah and uh, the the, uh, the, the, uh, the Person taking the drive yep. is uh, Darren Grange. Did you uh, look up who? Uh, yep. who who's Does anybody not know who that is? I don't. I, don't. I, don't. I, I recognise the face, but I don't know. That, that is, is the face. Yeah. That is Neil Gibbons. That's Neil Gibbons. Ah. What's interesting is that both Neil and Rob Gibbons appear in the show. Yeah. Both are uncredited uh, at the end. Yeah. But it's on my demon. I didn't know oh, that. Wow. You know that? Mind, mind blown. Well, at least we all learned something here yeah. today. Um, um, so I, I did have a general note that I didn't think this bit. This, this section was that great, but I think it's worthwhile because it contributes to a bit of a better gag later on, really. Because you get all the chat about the car details, I thought they could have trimmed that down a bit and it would still serve. Yeah. I think this, this bit kind of loses me a little bit because it's, it's, it's the technical bits of Alan where he goes into detail about technology and stuff like that, but it's just not great and not that funny. It's a bit like when he does all the DAD radio stuff in the book, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's not needed, I don't yeah. trim yeah. the fat, mate. So you get, you get the gag within five seconds, yeah. you don't need we to understand. You're a pedant, like yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's move on because we uh, we've got to keep the schedule. Um, he's then off to the church. This is again is kind of a weak section, I think. Yeah, there's, there's not yeah. a huge amount that happens. I mean, uh, obviously it's St Michael's Church in Sheringham where a baby Alan Partridge was um, christened. Uh, yep. A gentle form of waterboarding, uh, but <laughs> it's it's all part of God's rules. Um, would, would it be controversial to say this is the weakest section of the program? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I tend to I agree. think it is for me, and it kind of reminded me of when he goes to the. Country Manor in Scissor Isle. Yeah, kind of yeah. similar where I just think you, you could cut the whole thing out yeah. and the show is still and strong. And it is quite dragged out, like when they're walking around the graveyard, it's slow and it's plodding and there's not a, a huge amount of jokes. I mean, personally, That's the gag, isn't it? Yeah. It's slow plodding. I, I get that, but it takes a lot of time. And, and then the, jo- the joke is merely in the edit the fact they make a really crappy jump cut edit just to make the vicar's chat quicker. Because the vicar keeps keep stopping and like pondering what yeah. he's saying. The, um, I, sorry, you go. Uh, I was just going to say, I like the bit at the end where he's looking for his parents' grave and he proclaims that uh, grave should be in alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> there is yeah. some logic there. Yeah. <laughs> that that reminded me, actually, we did have a tweet um, from, from months and months ago from, I think, Matthew Hillett. He said there's a continuity over here. Um, so in the book, Alan says he can throw the flowers to his, mother, his mother's grave from the car, whereas as you can see in uh, Welcome to the Place of My Life, his mother's grave is nowhere near the road. It's spot. Yeah. Very true. He um, um, also uh, describes... Uh, uh, someone's soul as a badly poached egg. <laughs> so we now know that God is a gas, <laughs> and someone's soul is a badly poached egg. I guess. I, f- I feel like he's egg implying. Egg and gas is combined. We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've sat in recording studios with Jed enough to know that. He's applying oh, a sort yeah. of campsite Jed brunch is... analogy to the whole of religion. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a uh, petrol forecourt uh, or petrol, petrol service station Scotch egg has given him gas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, all connected. It's all coming together. Um, at one point, the vicar says, "Yeah, graves are the keepers of stories untold." To which Alan says, "Great name for an album." And it is an album. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I think it might have been made in tribute to this. Uh, it's made by an artist.
artist called Compuman Beings, and according to Discogs, it was released on Kukutsu Records on July the 17th, 2012, which does tie in with the, the, the broadcast date of this. It's a synth-pop record featuring tracks such as Floating Mobile Phone Shot, Snooky, <laughs> Pizza and Genocide, and finally, Twin Towers. Um, the artist also you know, supposedly released a single of Gaudete featuring Anna Partridge, and a 2013 uh, track referencing the film The Room called Oh, hi Mark. Um, I listened to this album and I can confidently say that it was music. <laughs> can I get it on Spotify? Uh, no. Oh, no, no, I think it's Bandcamp only. Okay, should we move on to Theft of the Forest? Yep, let's. Um, oh, just one quick thing. In the car, when he's talking about the word great, his two examples of how widespread it's become are very good. He says, we use it to describe anything from a bowl of Frosties to the town of Yarmouth. And then goes on to give examples of proper old uses for it and gives Great Yarmouth as an example again. <laughs> Uh, off to Thetford Forest then, um, which for some people means dogging or suicide. So I put um, Thetford Forest and dogging, and then Thetford Forest and suicide into Google. Um, sadly, uh, the suicide uh, article that was off Google, uh, I'm not going to read out. The dogging one was quite good though. So <laughs> the, the article was why you should never blow a tyre in Norfolk's Premier League. The new statesman article, I'm so great. I also found, oh sorry, have you got, is there any more? Uh, well, a bit really oh, about dogging. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything about dogging. I'm happy to jump to dogging expert. I was just going to say, keep it short, Adam. We know that the specialist area. There's the new statement. The new statement article is one thing, but then Cambridge News goes further, saying in 2007, a police survey of town of the town reportedly found that many people felt the area was not safe to visit because of the activities there. But it's in the comments section where the doggers fight back. Saying you can buy the masks from Poundland and draw what you like on them. I am a bulldog. That comment had three thumbs up and two thumbs down, which I think shows that this issue is really dividing the community. Uh, further comments from Dogging Direct. Further comments from Dogging Direct, Lloyd with one L and Avana Laugh Two did not add anything significant to the debate, and so I won't go into further detail. Oh. <laughs> Just to look up your own time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I. I quite like the bit when he's describing Norfolk Hunter as being the great outdoors. He says, I'm every bit as serious as a Pride of Britain Awards, which I thought was a nice yeah. tie together of, you know, Alan, he's, he's Daily Mail, he's The Sun, he's ITV, he's Brexit, he's the Pride of Britain Awards. <laughs> yeah, I thought absolutely. that just captures the character yeah, quite nicely. Um, he also mentions that his working day is over by 2pm, <laughs> uh, which is no one that he wants to find a I new Presumably he does start early because he's, he's doing the early morning shift. It's not early morning, it's mid morning, if anything. Yeah, I'm going to retract that. Yeah, did you know the infographic for this section? The car is stuck behind a bus belching <laughs> out diesel because he hates public transport. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, there's also a comment on Alan, from Alan that he's, uh, he loves trees. We know this from Ivan Partridge, there's obviously a bit where he go, keeps going back to the tree. And also, Tom, uh, you've read the autobiography, so there's a section where he talks about every New Year's Eve, is it, that he goes back to a certain tree? Uh, yeah, can you yeah. in real life, you as he says, a tree doesn't judge, it doesn't criticise your clothes or bring up poor viewing things. <laughs> um, so he's, in, he's in, now in the field uh, where he comes up with his best ideas <laughs> and he goes on to talk about and propose a league table of lollipop ladies. Uh, his problem with lollipop ladies being anyone that's not a registered sex offender can become one. Which he genuinely can't believe. He's, uh, yeah, he's stunned by that. Uh, he goes on, we're handing over the power to people that are little more than retired dinner ladies. It has to improve or stop. Um, so, would you like some lollipop lady facts? <laughs> yes, yes, please. How many? First of all, talking about the, the, the powers. So, it seems that... Powers? 
Alan's words, not mine. Um, so it seems that in the year 2000, it was no longer compulsory for schools to have lollipop ladies. Um, but they also, uh, basically, under UK law, they changed it. So it was an offence for a motorist not to stop a signal to do so by a lollipop lady. In the past, they only had the authority to stop the traffic for children. So in 2000, they were no longer compulsory, but they had more power. Um, they are officially known as school, patrol, school crossing patrol officers. Uh, doing some rudimentary maths, which is possibly wrong. There are around, around 6,000 in the UK. Um, they earn very little, usually between, usually between £7.50 to £9 an hour. And the longest serving lollipop lady in the UK was Margaret Cattle, and she served for 45 years. Nature's hero. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Cattle. Um, so he's off to the ski slope now. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised that he skied. That seems quite cool for us. I was going to say, well, I think Coogan basically skied. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I was <laughs> just showing off. Yeah, so this, by this point, there's now no longer graphics showing him travelling from one place to another. That's been yeah, abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> Although the previous album we had before we got this yeah. section, he was hugging the woman after a Next, uh, next up is a slightly weird scene where he's uh, eating some kind of like derly cheesy dunker mm. with an elderly lady and a young boy. Yeah, the young I child. Who, what's going the young child thing. who doesn't even talk to him, and the woman who's there, but she doesn't ski. So yeah, he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, I think he started that segment by trying to claim that these were the kind of people that his friends that he sees all the time, but it becomes apparent that not only do they not ski, but he's never met. Yeah, yeah. He says it's about people. It's always about the people. But he's clearly going there on his own. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's not much more at the ski slope, no, is there? He's, he's back to North Norfolk Digital. Yeah. I think this is the point that the show very much starts to unravel, yes. rather than being uh, a, a very precise, well-captioned, well-paced uh, travel around the places of his life. He's, yeah. he's been to one of six car dealerships, and, and, and sort of everything's fallen apart. The infographics have stopped, and now he's, he's received some worrying news from the NHS. <laughs> yeah. We learn. Well, yeah, it's kind of interesting because you get, you get this hint because you get some kind of like test result letter or a letter saying that he needs to go into the hospital. So it does start kind of introducing a weird element of pathos to it as well yeah. as it's kind of as this continues a bit, because you just don't really know what's going to happen. It's quite a smart way of introducing a bit of narrative into a yeah. documentary that's controlled by Alan, because you yeah. can, there are things you just couldn't do, because he obviously has control over yeah. the final edit, but they snuck in just enough information that you can tell something's going on that he's not And also the thing about. is, if this was a real documentary, none of this stuff would actually make it to the show. That's the point. Also, um, at, at, yeah. at the point that he's talking to Alex Benyon, the, uh, the, the producer of North Norfolk Digital... And that is Rob Gibbon. That's Rob Gibbon. Oh, I see. Yeah. You notice that the captions, uh, the captions turning up are they're just turning up as people walk in and out of the room now. It's not like a planned interview of any kind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, yeah, like I say, the structure keeps breaking down. Um, he's, he then goes off back on the test drive. And he spots an old teacher. Yeah. Uh, runs off to try and talk to them. I think he's basically evaluating his whole life at this point, well, isn't he? Because he's had news from the NHS. Sure. Well, I think you can kind of you can kind of make out and say, obviously, you can't hear what you're saying to the teacher. But I think you can kind of work out the conversation is something along the lines of, remember me, you used to teach me when I was that small. Yeah. You can see him gesturing. Um, used to hit me, and then it's basically like, screw you, F yeah, you. That's what I and, then, and then kind of like, look at me now, yeah. kind of sign up as well. Yeah, yeah. And then when he gets back in the car, he's like, it's a real cunt. <laughs> actually quite shocking the use of language there. Yeah. Like, Alan himself is looking quite kind of quite upset yeah. by the whole encounter. Yeah, what I quite like is that he's looking quite upset, he's breathing quite heavily, and then slowly the big mobility scooter drives past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that teacher is not bothered by that conversation. No, it just carry it on. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely cameo from Lynn on the other end of a phone yes. uh, as, as he, he, he goes to the second test drive. Yeah, yes. that's right. There's a wonderful bit where basically he and the driving, uh, the, the, the test drive guy is uh, both on the phone having sort of comedic exchanges with their yeah. That must have been a nightmare to get right because you yes. can't have both it's of them. So it's so good, though. It's kind of worth watching a couple of times to get on the detail. I also enjoyed that when Lynn phones, he answers, says, quickly, Lynn, then he holds the phone away to ask about driving another car. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, also enjoyed when the car dealers attempts to explain who Alan is yeah. and why he's famous to his boss because Alan's trying to get he permission to, to, to take the car off yeah, yeah he has to repeat his name three times yeah. explain his presenter on the digital and he said not telling his radio <laughs> at this point they're cutting all over the place he's back at Thetford Forest very briefly then he's at a private hospital in Norwich where he says he's being seen by top medical specialists some of whom are British uh, so <laughs> I presume he's getting his NHS issue checked out yeah, well, yeah whatever that might be yeah well he, there's a spring in his step when he comes back so oh, we, yeah. I mean he's, 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 he's had the all clear he's yeah. running he's grinning he's bought trombosis for everyone so yeah whatever happened it was good news um, I was going to just to skip that very quickly just when he's talking about the people that are wrong him people that wronged him um, so he names um, Andrew Marr he names Anne Robinson yeah. Andrew Marr the Dimbleby brothers and various, various builders, builders. <laughs> clearly the builders from my man of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I was quite surprised Tony Hayes didn't make it onto that list oh yeah um, and so then we're, we're onto the final scene in Peter's Field uh, a montage of him off-roading through puddles while Chamberwamba plays uh, we discovered that he takes liberties like this with Tesla drive cars all the time. Uh, it's a similar scam to the taking all the free samples at Norwich Market one that we talked about earlier. Uh, can I give you some tough thumping facts by Chumbawamba? Yes. 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 Facts. Yep. Released in 1997, the band's most successful song charted at number two in the UK, number six in the US. It's on the charts in Australia, Canada, Ireland, Italy and New Zealand. And as of, and as of April 2017, it sold 880,000 copies in the UK. Sweet Lord. It was number two in the UK chart for two for three weeks and was held off the number one spot by Will Smith and in black. Which I bought on CD single so I contributed to Chumbo Wobber Nuggets as number one. Congratulations. There's a lovely bit of a physical comedy as we've enjoyed in other Alan projects where like his slide out of the chair in mid-morning matters as he falls asleep and lurches over onto the car dealer. Yeah. It's also uh, reminds me of the way kids fall asleep in the car yeah, after a fun day out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think actually when he's at Thetford Forest the first time and you see like at the end of that sequence he just like runs off away from the camera and yeah. he's like he just kind of forgets he's making a TV show and he is acting like a big kid which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Um, um, I'm also just about um, bombing around Peter's Field I thought of course Alan's only doing the bombing around in 
test drive cars and not his own car. Yes, of course. <laughs> and I like the bit where he kind of screeches up, looks at the camera, and about to say something. Uh, so it's almost time to wrap up, but we should talk a little bit about wh- uh, what we like, what we don't like about yes. this, and where it ranks in the uh, Partridge yeah, universe. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some issues for me. I think uh, there are some good things. Lots of jokes that work on two or three levels, so things that I kind of had to rewatch and got something new from each time. I wouldn't like to few more uh, recurring characters from Alan's past. I do think these rely too heavily just that. on him. Um, um, but then I like the way that they they layered it in by having someone like Lynn just being on the phone, so she's still part of his life. Yeah. And the Lynn-based gags are very good if you hear what he's saying to her yeah. on the phone. Very true. She doesn't need to be It's not a freelander, Lynn. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I, personally, I, I haven't seen it for quite a long time. It's not that easy to find, uh, although I find it weird. Um, but personally, I, I enjoyed it. I, I got quite a lot out of watching it. I think it certainly made us uh, I mean, I think personally, I'd put it up on a par with Scissor Dial. I think yeah. those two sit very well together. I mean, they're similar kind of style. But yeah, but I mean, it, it was very, it was critically very well received. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Scissor might have been, I mean, obviously Scissor won a BAFTA, didn't they? Yeah. So I guess that's maybe fair a bit better. Although, according to Wikipedia, Steve Coogan won a BAFTA for his performance in this. Oh, I haven't done my research. Yeah, there we um, go. But yeah, I did think it's one of those things where each vignette kind of works in its own right. So it's almost like... They could all be strong eight Alan sketches, so yeah. that kind of thing. Where again, the same thing with Scissor. You can pull any of these sequences out solo, and they're still really strong, I think. And you've got the added bonus of obviously the whole thing is that the construct of this show is that it's a documentary produced by Alan. So yeah. there's extra comedy in the cuts, yeah. in the captions, yeah. in, in the way the that the, the, the show itself yeah. is, is one big joke. The way the whole documentary loses its way about two thirds of the way through, and they just abandon the format entirely. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's kind of it just gives it layers because it's not just about the characters, it's about the scenarios, and about the type of program they're trying to make and kind of failing at doing as well. Can I potentially the one damning voice here? Sure. I, I think it falls massively off a cliff after the, uh, uh, the Norwich Market bit. I think the whole, the rest yeah. of it after that, I think it's pretty weak. There's not many laughs. I mean, it, I think it's the most, well below Scissor Dial. I think it's one of the weakest departure forms that they've done on there. Wow. I think there are some really good, strong standout lists, but they're all in the first third. The rest of it, I think, is... It definitely tails off towards I think there are definitely a couple of sequences that they could lose, but... I thought it was, having watched it originally, I remember rewatched it for this, and I thought it was going to be better than it was, and I was like, actually, I think this is already better, and I think there's better stuff okay. to come, definitely. A damning voice indeed. Sorry. Okay, well, that, that pretty much brings us to the end. We should just mention that we are taking uh, taking Monkey Tennis on tour, the Mid-Evening Matters tour, uh, calls at Bristol on the 7th of September, uh, Manchester on the uh, 8th, and King's Place here in London on the 9th of September, and there are tickets available at monkeytennispod.com. Sales plug over. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the end, yeah, of the, the end of the episode. Thanks very much for joining us and thanks for listening to uh, Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Monkey Tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Hot, 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 Monkey Tennis? Radical, awesome, mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turgid. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.